I want you to open your Bibles with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be walking through and talking through the idea as we have been about how to go from surviving in life to thriving in life. How we can get beyond what we so often find ourselves in where we just wonder, can we make it? To get to the place where John 10, 10 tells us very clearly that Jesus has come, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. As you know, if you're part of Thomas Road, you know I say it all the time, that what Jesus came to give us is life abundantly, which means this, life over the top. Life that more than you can imagine, more than you could have ever expected, more than you could have ever hoped for. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 tells us that our God is able to do for us exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. That means that He's able to do for us more than we're smart enough to ask for. That God will do for us immeasurably more if we trust in Him. Now, what that means is this, is that God wants us to walk through life in confidence. In confidence, in every step and in every moment that we walk into life, when we get up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, every situation, going to work, going to school, going out to play golf, going out to hang out with friends, going out to have dinner, that we walk through life confidently. Now, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. The world always confuses the two. See, confidence tells us this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Arrogance tells us I can do whatever I want. Confidence tells us that nothing is too difficult for God. Arrogance says this, I am better than anybody else. Confidence tells us that we can experience the blessed hope that comes from Christ and Christ alone if we will connect to Him every single day. Arrogance says this, I don't need anybody, it's all about me. God does not want us to walk through life in arrogance. He wants us to walk through life in confidence. How do we do that? Today, that's what we're going to talk about. Hebrews chapter 10, read with me if you would. We're going to begin with verse 19. It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and a life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Don't you ever forget that. He can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and of good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. What a powerful passage of Scripture on what it means to go from surviving to thriving. So how do we do what we need to do to make sure that every day is a day that we walk through life in confidence? The first thing is this, always live close to the source. Always be close to the source. Verse 19 and 20, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and a life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. You know what was in the most holy place, right? In the temple, in the temple of Jerusalem, the most holy place contained the place where God was. It was the house of God. It was the presence of God. 
It was God's holy dwelling. And only one person, the high priest, could ever enter into that holy place only once a year. There was a veil that, that was spread across the door of that, uh, that entrance place, that, that holy of holies. The other day, Sherry and I were talking, and, and Sherry, through a Bible study that she was looking through and reading through, and, and she found and, and was talking about the fact that oftentimes we don't see the picture of really how big that veil was. A veil that was 60 feet wide, 60 feet wide. It was 30 feet high. And the Mishnah, the, the Jewish uh, history books that, that very clearly give us pictures of things back in those days, tells us that it was about the size of a man's hand from here to here, about four inches thick. The Mishnah also tells us that it took 85 people to make that veil. The Mishnah tells us that any time that they had to move it or to clean it or to, uh, to, to secure it, it took 300 men to even move it because it was that heavy. Well, let me tell you something here today. That veil that was there to separate all of us from the presence of God, the minute that Jesus died on the cross, the minute that he took his last breath on this earth to pay for our sins, that he shed his blood so that we could have opportunity and that we could have the ability to be in his presence, the moment that he died, let me just tell you, that 60-foot wide, 30-foot high, 4-inch veil that took 300 men to move, instantly God himself ripped it in two, and forever and ever and ever, we are allowed into the presence of God. That passage tells us clearly that Jesus came and he opened a new and a life-giving way to be in the presence of God. Don't you dare tell me for a minute that following Christ is a difficult journey and one that's not worth the effort. Don't you dare tell me that what we get out of following Christ is not the most amazing thing that you could ever possibly imagine. Because here's what I know according to God's word. When Jesus died on that cross for our sins, he gave us a life-giving way to be in the presence of God. So don't you ever forget, live close to the source. That means you get into God's word. That means you have a powerful prayer life. It means you are talking to, you are hearing from, you are connecting with God at every turn, at every moment. Do not neglect the presence of God in your life because Jesus died to give it to you. Live close to the source. The second thing we see, recognize Christ as your mediator. He is your representative. He is the one that the Bible says is there to connect us with God. Look what it says in verse 21 and 22. Since we have a great high priest, remember the high priest was the only one who could enter into the Holy of Holies. When Jesus died, the veil was ripped and forever we now can boldly walk into that place. We don't need a man that's a high priest because now we have Christ himself. He is our high priest who rules over God's house. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Life without fear. Why? Because Jesus died to give it to us. The Bible tells us that he is the one. We're not alone in this journey. Jesus is with us every step of the way. Romans 8, 34 says, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor. Listen to this. Don't miss this. At God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus is praying for you. The new King James, the King James says, the King James says that he is making intercession for us. You know what that means? 
That means this, as we're gathered here in this room today, that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and here's what he's doing. He is praying for you. You walk in here with a difficult journey that you're walking through, a situation you're facing, problems that you're going through. Let me just tell you, don't miss this. Today, Jesus is praying for your situation. You're sitting there with a broken heart because a loved one has passed away, and you think, man, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know what I can do. Jesus, the very Son of God today, is praying for your hope. You're sitting here today. You walked into this room. The doctor told you this week, man, I didn't get a good report. The doctor said there's no hope. The doctor said there's nothing else they can do. Listen to me. Jesus today is sitting at the right hand of the God who created everything, who spoke you into existence, and Jesus today is praying for you. Listen, let me just tell you, if anything else I could tell you today would encourage you, that is it right there. Underline that in your Bible. Jesus is pleading for us to the Father. So man, understand, He is our intercessor. He is the one who is our mediator. He is the one that is representing us every single day. The third thing we get, that we can walk through life free from guilt. And this is one we all struggle with. Because Satan wants us to believe that because of what we've done, because we're all sinners, because of how we've messed up, because we all have that sinful nature, because Romans 3 tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we don't measure up, we're not worthy of the presence of God, that we should stay out of that most holy place, because we don't deserve to be there. Listen to what God's Word says. Verse 22, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Satan's desire is to make you believe that you should be paralyzed with guilt and paralyzed with fear, and there is nothing whatsoever that gives you the right to walk up and talk to a holy God that lives in heaven. Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again so that you can walk through every moment of every day free and clear. Debt paid. Good news? That's what Jesus came to do. So don't ever allow Satan, don't ever allow the culture, don't ever allow the world to make you believe, to make you think that you're not worthy. Number one, we aren't worthy in this body, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has sprinkled, that has washed, that has cleansed us forever and ever and ever, amen. We are now worthy because we are sons of the living God and daughters of the living God. That, my friends, is what Jesus came to do. So, walk through life free of guilt. The next thing we see, that we can walk through life trusting Him completely. The Bible says that our God shall supply all of our needs. Man, that's amazing. That means that God will take care of everything. Listen to me. Everything that you need. Not everything that you want. You've heard me say that before. I've wanted a Lamborghini since I was eight years old. I still haven't gotten one, and I know this 52. I don't have a prayer of getting one. I met a guy this weekend who, accordingly to, according to uh, reports, he owns 40 Ferraris. 40 Ferraris. I don't even know what you would do with 40 Ferraris. That's like more than one for every day of the month, right? I mean, that 40 Ferraris. Listen, apparently he needed them. I will never have one. But let me just tell you something, there will never be a moment in my life where I wake up where what I need that day according to the will of God for my life that my God will not give and give in abundance because that's what my God has promised. Look what it says here, verse 23, 
Let us hold tightly. That means like be wrapped up by, be consumed by, be captivated by. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. Why? For God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his word. You don't have to wonder if God is going to fulfill what he told you he was going to do. There are over 4,000 promises, different theologians would give us, 4,000 promises found in God's Word. Over 4,000 promises, and here's what I know, promises that were made by God and promises where every single one of them will be fulfilled, you can take it to the bank. Because our God can be fully trusted. He is one that He will keep His promise. Thriving in life requires us to wake up every morning realizing that the God that we serve is the God who will absolutely show up and he will do what we need every moment of every single day. Trust him completely. And the last thing we get from this passage is this. In response to all of that, we have a duty, we have a responsibility to encourage one another. You cannot walk through life ignoring the people around you. You cannot walk through life in isolation. You cannot walk through life expecting to find the joy, the peace, the contentment, thriving in life if all you are worried about is making sure you get what you want. Look what it says here in this passage, verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate, motivate one another to acts of love and of good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We sang about that this morning, that midnight cry. Let me just tell you, make no mistake, it will not be long according to God's Word. It talks about the end times. It talks about what's to come. I promise you this. We are getting closer and closer and closer to the return of Christ. The rapture is going to happen soon. And this passage says this, because it is, you do everything that you possibly can to love one another, to serve one another. You make sure you are passionate about reaching out and encouraging one another to do what God has called you to do. So five quick things that I'll give you before we leave. Number one, gather regularly. You say it's important to be a part of the local church? Absolutely it is. Why? Because we're motivating one another and we're encouraging one another here today. Love unconditionally. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then he said to love your neighbor as yourself, that was not a suggestion. That was not like an idea. That was not just a thought that kind of randomly came to his mind. That is a command from God, love unconditionally whether they agree with you or not, whether they are a Republican or a Democrat, no matter the color of their skin, you will never change the world and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ in anger. You will never reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ when you are criticizing and attacking those around you or those far from you. Love unconditionally. Serve willingly. Know that God has given you an amazing opportunity, an amazing gift, gift that you can use to serve others. Share continually. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel again, not a random thought, not just an idea that was kind of good. It was a command of God. Go tell people about Jesus. Why? Because the Jesus that today we sing about, that we celebrate, that has lifted our hearts and our voices in this room is the Jesus that the world outside the doors of this room desperately needs to know. And God has told us, go tell them. Go let them know about what Jesus has done. Share continually. And lastly, pray powerfully. 
James chapter 5 says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman avails much. That means this, it is powerful. My dad often said that prayer can do anything that God can do, and God can do what? Anything. So what does that mean for us? Pray. God wants us to thrive in life. He wants us to experience joy in life. He wants us to walk through life in confidence, not arrogance, in confidence. How do we do that? Recognize that God is everything and all that you need to experience God's best for you. The world would say it's everything else. It's money, it's power, it's fame, it's status, it's jobs, it's cars, it's houses, it's jewelry, it's whatever, it's stocks, bonds, you name it. The world would say it's that stuff. And God would say, nope, I will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. My friends, yes, God wants you to thrive. But the only way to thrive is to trust him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that it encourages, strengthens, leads, guides, directs us, because we need it. Lord, we are like sheep without a shepherd when we don't focus on you. So God, I pray that we would be passionate about running after you, following you, living with you, serving you. God, I pray that we would be faithful and obedient to what you've called us to do. God, help us to trust you completely. Lord, to, to run into your presence with confidence every day because of what Christ has done. And God, I pray, because I know, I know that there are probably some people in this room, certainly some watching, some listening today in this moment, who don't know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray right now, right here, in this place, in this moment, let them see that Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, which means this, Jesus came to take away their sin. That Jesus came to give them hope. That Jesus came to give them eternity. That Jesus came to give them heaven. And according to Romans chapter 10, all they must do is believe. So God, I pray that you would do that in their hearts right now. With their heads bowed and with their eyes closed, in a moment we're going to stand, we're going to sing, the altar is going to be open, our team will be here. The invitation is simple, it's easy, but it is life-changing. Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Jesus is all that you need. And if today, if you're seated here and you've never believed in the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, good news. Today, you can do that. Telling him, I believe you. I believe who you are. I believe what you've done. I believe that you rose again. And today, you will be saved. And so in a moment, we stand. The altar's open. Our team is here. If you want to come down and talk about that, I encourage you to step out to come down to this altar. If you're here and want to come and leave a prayer request or kneel here and pray with your family, I encourage you to do that. If you want to come and, and join our church, come for baptism, I encourage you to do that. I would encourage you, though, that you do not move or leave this place unless you're moving and leaving according to the promise and the call of God to come to this altar. Let's stand. Let's sing these words together. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you.
And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this. God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes to Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves. Thank you.